Knight Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man that does not exist. Welcome to Champlin Klein the Night Rider Years, a podcast by two friends who share a love of classic 80s television. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I am your other host, Greg Klein. Greg, welcome back. Hi, thanks. How are you? It's been two weeks since we've stared longingly into each other's eyes. I know, and, and it's funny because I've just been sitting here in silence staring at you. For two weeks? Yep. You didn't go to Disney World? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh. I, I did go to Disney World, yep. Oh, and how, how was that? That was... So much fun! It's so it's just so enjoyable. It is, it is. Did it live up to its reputation as the happiest place on earth? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, there. It's funny because you see a lot of crying kids. This oddly <laughs> That's my enough, favorite part. This <laughs> and, and so this is my only second time there, but it's probably my wife's like sixteenth. And she says, "I've never seen so many grumpy families before here ever." Part of it, I think, was that it was like 90 degrees and like 85% humidity. The was it as bad? Because I'm wondering if it was like when we went in last September, where it was like you step out and it's like take your breath away humid. Oh, yeah. No, no wind. Uh-huh. It's just like... Oh, oh. I love... Uh, but I kind of like that. But anyway, there were a lot of like grumpy kids because they're so hot and they don't know how to like express themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was funny. But so, oh, great. Take us through. take us through a day... So first of all, you left pretty early that first morning, right? Oh, yeah. So we got we got the early bird flight eight eight thirty a.m. out of Portland. Okay, um, at least so, didn't have to drive to Boston. But my 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 mom, well, my aunt really picked us up at like six or five thirty five thirty six a.m. Okay, uh, just to get there. Um, so we went down with my mother and her sister because her sister's sons, so my cousin, lives in Orlando. Um, so they went down for a night, stayed in the same hotel that we did, but then went off and hung out with him oh, okay. for the next couple of days. Gotcha. But my wife's family had already been in Disney for a couple of days, so we went down and kind of connected with them periodically, yep. but also had our own vacation. Right. So that was great. But the the average day, we were up by like eight thirty nine o'clock every morning. That's not bad. Not really. How was your hotel? We stayed in the boardwalk. Ooh, mm. it was, was it nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, it was very nice because it's it's um it's themed like a nineteen twenty ish era yeah. Jersey boardwalk. That's yep. what it's kind of based off of. So it had like fun music playing all the time, really okay. kind of nice and classy on the inside, and a big you know manufactured boardwalk out back that had real restaurants and other stuff there, and a boat that would take you directly to Epcot, which we could see from the balcony on our oh. our room, which was awesome. We didn't expect that. So my my mom had a room. But she was only there for one night, but yeah. was facing the other side, so like the parking lot. Oh, okay. And I think we got this room because we were there longer, so we had a better view for which was nice. Great, fine. That's great, yeah. Um, I assume you said your mom had her own room? Yeah, okay. she and her, her sister shared a room yep. for a night uh, before they went off. But then, uh, yeah, it was great. And then, so you could take a boat from directly from our resort to Epcot, 
and directly from there to a couple of the other um, um, hotels or you know buildings and to uh, Hollywood Studios. So we could take a boat straight to Hollywood Studios, which was fun. Did you go to every one of the? Did you go to all the parks? Yep, we did. We did go to all the parks. I have to say, my favorite, of course, is Animal Kingdom. I was going to say that I love the Animal Kingdom. I love Animal Kingdom. It's just so much fun. Christy rode uh, Expedition Everest twice in a row because she got us fast passes, and since I didn't really want to go. She basically just took my bracelet and went back in again. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's how you can kind of get around that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I rode Mission Space three times because it's my ride. favorite ride. I love it. That's the one where you feel the, G, the G-force yeah, gravity. where that, they up. had to tone it down after it was open because people were getting sick. I think we might have been talking about this one before. We might have, yeah. I remember doing it a couple of years ago. Um, I love it. That's my yeah. absolute favorite. It's super claustrophobic, and you, know, you can throw buttons and switches and pretend you're in space, and it's I love the best. it. It's, that's why when I go to the Children's Museum in Portland, I like to go to the space shuttle. Yeah. Because I like to just flip all the switches and push the buttons. <laughs> Makes me feel like <laughs> I'm actually in space. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of buttons. I like pushing buttons. Buttons? Do you know? Yeah, that was weird. I like pushing buttons, and I like just flipping switches. Yeah, it's very so, enjoyable. <laughs> it's, it's very fun. It really does make me feel like I'm in outer space. Uh, we took my mom on Soren. I don't know if you'd given that. We didn't do it the last year, but I, I had done it prior to that a couple and of years ago. And she loved it. She wouldn't stop talking about it. Oh, my God, that was so amazing. That was so much it's, fun. Oh, that's the best. She loved. She had such a blast, yeah, yeah. for the couple of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then with Christy's family, we wrapped up the week eating at Ohana as a family. And... Oh I love, God! I love that. Restaurant. We ate so much. We ate so much shrimp. Yes, meat, meat on a sword. And I kept eating. Uh, at the end, we had uh lots of rice krispie tre- treats, which were some of the best I've ever had. Yep. yep. And my cousin, oh no, my brother-in-law, he said, "Oh, this is the binder." A- after the meal, <laughs> this is the kind of uh, pro- yes, yep, absolutely. Yes, you're right. It absolutely is, and it it. He was not lying. No, he was not. I, uh, Ohana, I think of all the places we went to a year ago, was the best. And I think we're biased because we were so hangry by the time we sat down. Because we had been, it was the first day we had gotten there. Mm-hmm. We had been on the run all day. Like it was like we got up at five o'clock. My mother drove us to New Hampshire to the Portsmouth, New Hampshire. We took a bus to Boston. Then we were delayed. Then we got on a plane. Then we lifted. Like so, it was like a all the way. We were just like snacking all day. So by mm-hmm. the time it came to our reservation at seven thirty. We were already at each other's throats. Yeah. So I think we were just so ready for food that when we <laughs> smelled it and the the ladies kept coming over with the meat yeah. with the meat swords. Oh, it's just so like, much fun. God, it was so good. It's great. <laughs> it's really in the butter that they have for the bread. They get you. They have you fill up on bread first, but yeah. we deliberately were like, Nope, we're waiting. You wait and you're gonna you're gonna bet. And, and yeah. we're like, Can we have the shrimp first? <laughs> yep. And they brought it out and we just ate tons of it's it. It's so good. What um where else did you guys eat? Uh, we didn't have a dining pass, so we ate kind of all over the place. Did you? Yeah, we ate. And also, this at the time we went, it was the uh, Food and Wine Festival mm. at Epcot, which was interesting. Really? I don't really know if I'd pay to go there for that. I was okay. not that impressed. You just happened to be there when it was happening? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the price point was really high for the amount of food that you get, like these yeah. small little samples. And it's like- Of course. Eh, eh, not not really. Yeah, not for my, not for my tastes. What uh, what was your favorite piece of food that you got there? The favorite piece of food, um, what was it? It was Australian, I think. Ooh, Australian? No, it was New Zealand. It okay. was like lamb lamb balls. <sighs> they were good, like testicles. Yep. No. Oh, just lamb meat. It's just in in a little ball. In a ball, lamb meat balls. Lamb meat in a ball. Oh, and wait. I had. <laughs> 
Yeah, lamb meatballs. Right, idiot. Lamb balls. Yeah, <laughs> lamb meatballs. And um, and I had one of the best Boddington beers I've ever had in my Ooh. life at the pub in in fake England. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you spend most of your time in Epcot? Um, because we were so close, we were there a lot. Um, we would like walk through it to get to the the tramway and stuff. To, yep. or the the monorail. Yeah. To go to like Animal Kingdom or okay. not? Animal, no, no. It only goes to um Magic Kingdom. Okay. But yeah. Uh. No, I would definitely say that, yeah, spent most of our time at Epcot or Animal Kingdom. That's awesome. And a little bit at Magic Kingdom, because we went to the Tiki <clears throat> Room, which is fun. Was the Tiki Room the one with the parrots? Yeah, Tiki, Tiki, the, yeah, Tiki. Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> you can hear like the mechanics over they the love, music. It's like, that's clack, the clack, best, clack, because clack. You, can know, you can tell how old some of the attractions are, because all you can hear yeah. is like, quack, 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 And I have quack. to say, there were definitely a lot of audio things. Like, they need to go through and like polish up so much stuff, because... Like these older ones, the audio isn't good. It's cackling. It's just yeah. like I can't I feel like you they're just long that. forgotten attractions right. that they just let run until they die. It's too the, bad. It is because I do kind of like the classics, mm. like the um, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, is one that I ride every time. I have to ride. It's like the first thing I do at Magic Kingdom. Yeah, but like we went on it at this time around, and I just remember sitting there thinking, "Wow, they really could just." benefit from shutting down for a couple hours and just doing a little spit polish like yeah. just you could hear how creaky some of the marionettes were and the puppets <laughs> and like the voices were crackling like mm-hmm. they could benefit from just a few hours of just you know, close every night though right well exactly so it could have benefited from you know just check yeah. the speakers yeah i don't know check to make sure that they're people's like like there were marion uh puppets that weren't even running uh-huh. like but that's like my favorite ride that i yeah. get. i do pirates every time i go and this time around i was like wow they really let this shit they, go. Well, it sounds like the end of the season, kind of. I don't know. Yeah. Um. What did I? I was gonna say we did. What did we do? We saw um the um at Animal Kingdom. We saw like the Lion King show. Oh yeah, which is yeah 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 pretty impressive. Absolutely. The fact that they just do them back to back all day. It's re- stupid. And yeah. Crazy. They yeah. That's awesome. Must be exhausted. Uh, we went to Pandora World. The new. Oh the newly yeah. Opened. I have to say, was it impressive? It looked gorgeous. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, beautiful. I like they really did a lot of great stuff. Um, there is no effing way that I was going to wait ninety minutes for that ride. So I no, none of us did it. No way. Um, yeah, but it's it's gorgeous. I mean, they really did a nice job. That's awesome. It's not that big. It's just like a little nook of the park. It's in the Animal Kingdom, right? It's, right. It's, yeah. They built it there. Oh, but okay. when you're in there, it's like you don't even know that you're in Animal Kingdom. It's just separate. It's that's, like this. That's cool pretty. Little I thing. mean, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. I'm not going to do an hour um, and a half. We of also mine. went at a at a MGM Studios or uh, whatever it is. Um, Hollywood, uh, Studios? Hollywood Studios. Yeah. yeah. Um, we went to the new newly opened Toy Story Land. Oh yeah, which is fun, and did the Buzz Lightyear or the Andy's toy ride with us shooting the yep. stuff. Yeah, that yeah. was hilarious. That was a, a blast. And then through the trees, which really got me kind of excited. Through the trees, you could see them building Star, Star Wars. Wars Land. That's our network. I'm like, holy shit, that looks. We're awesome. We're planning to go every two years, and I think we're yeah. planning to go right shortly after they open Star Wars Land. The what? What got me though? It's like I think they 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 did it on. They must have done it on purpose that you can see them building it. Normally they hide things. They're, they did that. Disney's for the, very good about hiding the, the construction of stuff. Um, they wanted you to see that. I'm like, holy shit, because I want to go see that. Because I think, as far as sh- movies go, or as far as um, future, I guess future worlds are, yeah, that's the best aesthetic for me. Like, I want to just be there because I want to see what all this stuff. I, is. Yeah, they did that on purpose. Yeah. They totally did that. Um, now. Good time. I understand that you do you do have audio, but it's a little bit it's a little bit time consuming. So I think we're gonna 
Yeah, so I took I recorded a bunch of stuff the whole time and I mixed it down into like an eleven minute clip. So if anybody is interested in hearing that, we're gonna tack it on to the end of this episode. Yes. Um and we'll have the timestamp in the description. Absolutely. So um, stay tuned to the very end at the end of the music, at the end of the credits, and we'll have that uh ten, eleven minutes for you guys if you And it's just my wife and I wandering around Disney and it's like a little clip of our our life. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of fun, but I the batteries in my recorder sort of died the last day or so. Yep. So it doesn't really end properly. <laughs> I kind of faded it out. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's yeah, it's just, you know, it, if anyone that's been to Disney, you'll hear a lot of familiar sounds. All right. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'll look forward to listening to that, actually, even, even before we put it up at the end of the show. But, uh, Greg, I'm happy you're home. Oh, I missed I missed your little face. Oh, my, well, my face is little. Yeah, I missed your tiny little little nugget. Your little nugget it's all cheeks squished up. <laughs> Speaking of nuggets, you know, it was Dana Elkar's birthday recently. What? What have you been? Ninety one? I don't know. Ninety or ninety one hundred and sixty six. Perfect. Doesn't, doesn't really matter. But his little cherub face and his head, squeaky head. Oh, Just don't want to give him a hug. You and I uh, through complete i don't even know if it was an accident but just coincidence ended up at the same place last night <laughs> that's right um f- so greg and i both ended up at the state theater in portland to watch mystery science theater 3000 the 30th anniversary live tour um which the fact that the show's been on the air and around for 30 years is unbelievable to me mm-hmm. but this was the first leg of their um national tour yeah they're going the first... all over they're going all over the country so we were portland maine Happened to be the very first stop for this tour, and, and anybody out there, just to be, just to you know, be clear, there is a State Theater Portland, Oregon too. So don't get that mixed up. Is there really? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Greg and I both ended up at the same place last night watching Mystery Science Theater, and I think the big thing here was so the original creator of the show, Joel Hodgson, he was he's part of the tour, and I guess. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but I think this is the first time that he has donned the Gizmonic Institute red suit since he left the show, like back in the mid early mid nineties. I mean, sure, but it's something like that. I I I okay. To, I guess so. I, I mean, it's don't just kind no of idea. a big moment to like be able to see him like get out here and like I hadn't seen him riff a show or a movie in you know since he left. Since he left the show, right, just reruns. I mean, so he's sitting here doing this movie in front of this, you know, couple hundred people. Yeah, and I wasn't sure. And you even we said this earlier. I wasn't sure how it was gonna kind of play out because I don't know if they've ever done like a mystery science theater live scenario. But I mean, it was good. They did a great job. Basically, they had like the satellite of love there, the set. Yeah, and so they had a lot of audience interaction. But whenever it was movie time, they went around and be- backstage. And the movie was rear projected, and their silhouette—they were there live watching it b- backstage. Right, but like their silhouettes were up on the screen, and they—I think some of it might have been improv, but the time they definitely knew what they were going to be doing. There was one joke, and I cannot remember what it was. There was one joke that I think Jonah made that they all four of them started laughing, and you <laughs> could tell he completely came out of nowhere. Which I think is fun because they're going to do the same movies at every stop of the tour. Mm-hmm. So I think it's nice that it'll be kind of there'll be original jokes. I mean, I think yeah. they'll follow the script model. Yeah, but there will be jokes every you know. But for the fact that it was it it felt very improv, but it was also 
very, very much like the show. It, yeah, you just fought, you fell right into it. I'm like, like this is the show. Only it's happening for real, exactly. right? Exactly. Like there were like a lot of technical gaffes, and you know, Greg and I have a very uh, theater theatrical background. So like, I don't know about you, but I was watching a lot of the technical pieces yeah but it, like you said it felt like part of the show for some of these technical gaffes like it didn't bother me mm-hmm. that there were a few little like hiccups and blips because it just felt like it was part of the show just because of how cheaply made the show was mm-hmm. watching it happen on stage just kind of made it all better it was great it was so much fun they, it, they watched the movie the brain from what 88 i think yeah and my dad has one terrible film <sighs> i mean canadians do not know how to do horror <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it w- I I was thoroughly enjoying all of it, but yeah, I was too. Yeah, I was too. Chris absolutely. was like, "Wait, this was a movie? How is this a movie?" It made no. It made absolutely zero sense. No. I'm not even going to attempt to explain it. Like the climax of the movie where he punches the dude's head off. <laughs> they didn't explain any of that. Like, I loved it. <laughs> it was so great. Oh. Um, but yeah, so I just we it, we just happened to be there, and we both got to say hi to each other and. I mm-hmm. scratched your back for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, we gazed gazingly into each other's eyes. And I pushed you off the balcony. You did, and Lucky. I fell. I fell on a bunch of people, so it really didn't hurt that right. much. Did anyone else? Did anyone underneath you die? I don't know, but no one was moving. <laughs> okay, because the, the, then the movie started shortly after that, right? And, and I just kind of sat there <laughs> amongst all these unconscious people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. It was a blast. I'm happy we did it. I'm happy that I did it. And uh, it's definitely one of those moments I think I'm not going to really... Like, I have a ton of good pictures from the show, and I, I was really happy that we able we were able to do that, and I can't wait for the new season to drop on Netflix. I know. It's on Thanksgiving. Turkey Day. Yeah. Which I'm sure that there are some Misties out there. I mean, that's a huge thing for Mystery Science Theater fans. Like, they <laughs> used to drop it every... On Comedy Central, it was the Turkey Day Marathon. They would mm-hmm. play it 24 hours straight through. Um, yeah. But it was... Uh, it was a blast. I, I had a lot of fun on that trip, Greg. Did you? I did. I sure did. We got some hotline messages, Greg. What? Unbelievable, we, uh, David. We have one that I've heard and yeah. one that came in. Um, we are recording on Wednesday night. The one that came in, I have yet to listen to. It's from our friend Chris from the More Gooder Than podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and if his first voicemail was any indication, I'm sure we're in for some sort of a treat. <laughs> With this one, but as soon as I saw that it was his number, and I knew it was him, I refused to listen to it until the show. So we're gonna listen to this live together, and and uh, we'll see uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but the first voicemail is from a listener, uh, Richard. He uh, hails um, all the way from uh, from the great state of New Jersey. Mm. He his his voicemail that he left us. He actually has um, an idea as to an extra modifier. And it's something that I'll, I'll admit that I, I need to kind of pay attention to from this point forward because I haven't noticed it yet. But mm-hmm. we'll let the we'll let the voicemail go, and, and you guys can uh, you guys can enjoy it. Hey guys, Richard here. This is a social voicemail, not a business one, and it's about the show with the stunt doubles in place of a younger, balding Mark Alamo who played Ducat in Star Trek's uh, Deep Space Nine. The show with co-starring the talking car named Cat. I had a few random thoughts, and I wanted to share them with you. Uh, First of all, thanks for reading my email last week. You're welcome. Secondly, why is Michael using his real name on all of these missions? (laughs) Throughout his travels, wouldn't that eventually create a dangerous situation for him and Kat? Uh, So far, I'm really loving the stunt doubles of Michael riding in Kat. Some have over-the-top wigs, while others have none at all. Um, as far as squirrel apocalypse is concerned, uh, it has not reached Jersey yet. Uh, believe me, I check every morning. I think we should just all stay vigilant. Indeed. 
Uh, if you guys are looking for a backup modifier in case the alpha circuit connected to the turbo boost isn't functioning properly, consider using the Devon Lash. <laughs> like if an episode was completely awesome, action-packed, um, the action was good, you know, there's a message and moral, you could say something like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and give this episode an extra Devon Lash. <laughs> Just a thought. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you. Thank you, Richard, for the voicemail. And it's something, so I, I actually haven't paid too much attention to Devin's eyelashes, and I didn't look at it enough during this episode, so I don't have, I can't, I don't have a basis for it, but I'm going to be paying attention because the next episode after the one we're going to do today is a Devin-centric episode. Yeah. So I have a lot of time to watch him. It's going to enhance my watching of the show. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad Squirrel Apocalypse hasn't gotten to you yet. One thing, I, I, I did grow up in New Jersey. I do remember the cicadas, those blasted locusts that come out of the ground and make tremendous amount of noise. Oh, yes. And uh, drop dead and then scare the shit out of you while you're walking home from school when you step on one. Yep. Yeah, I do remember that. Absolutely. Um, so here we go, Greg. The next message is from our good old friend Chris from the More Gooder Than podcast. Uh, I'm just going to let it go, shall we? Let's do it. All right, here we go. What is up, both both Champa and Klein? And uh, this is Chris from More Gooder Than. just want to say thanks for the the sweet, sweet license plate. It, is, it has a place of honor in the bunker. Uh, but what I just wanted the fans to know that you guys also attached a note to the back of it. I just I just thought I'd read it right now. To just let them know how much, what kind of feels you guys are putting out there. And it says in the back, it says, Dear Chris, um, you've been an inspiration uh, to both of us uh, from the beginning. Um, <laughs> we think that you're uh, quite possibly the most handsome and talented uh, podcaster out there. And That is and true. We just, uh, we, we just bask in your glory. And uh, signed, Champa Klein. Uh, actually put C and K. So it's you know a little cute, flirty type thing. I appreciate it. Mm. But uh, hey, guys, thanks for the praise. Uh, the note really made my day, and I, I really appreciate it. Anyway, hope you have a great day, and thanks for the license plate. <laughs> so wait, did you write a note? Did you slip a note into the back of that license plate without did, me knowing? Did I? Did you slip a note without me knowing? I no, I didn't. I don't remember writing a note. I mean, I it was kind of a blur a when I sent him the license plate. I mean, everything he said in that note is true. Yeah, but you didn't write that. I might have written it. I don't know. I mean, I I do remember the last time I saw that license plate. Yeah, I was just cracking open a bottle of Southern Comfort. Okay, and I don't remember much after that. Right, because I didn't actually take it out of the packaging. I just kind of put it in the envelope before I sent it. Mm. Um, I think there was one one little bit there that when he mentioned that we had we had talked about how handsome he was, I think he left off a word. Um, I, I would have gone so far as to say devastatingly handsome. Oh, oh or do you think it would be devastatingly handsome? <laughs> yes. It's devastatingly handsome. Chris, I can't really tell o- o- over the podcast airwaves, but uh, do you have big, long, batting eyelashes that maybe every now and then whack into the microphone you're blinking? I mean... Maybe for the next goodie bag, we can listen for that. But just just out of curiosity. I don't know. Fair enough. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, Chris, thanks for the message. Um, we love you, buddy. I'm glad that the license plate made it, and it's got a nice place of honor up in the bunker. Uh, thank you for the stickers. We really appreciate it. And uh, Greg, are you ready to get into the episode? I'm ready for that episode to be over. Oh, God. Let's get into it, shall we? It's season one, episode seven. Not a drop to drink. <laughs> I knew... That it was coming at some point. We are seven episodes into the series. 
We were riding high after the first six. We were feeling good about where the show was going. Like These episodes have been really solid, really good, really thoroughly enjoyable. And I thought we were in for a treat when the first thing we see is Devin Miles in a cowboy hat. I know. I really thought we were in for it. Like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? So Devin, apparently, so he's at a cattle ranch. Yeah. Uh, the apparently the foundation has won a trial to preserve this cattle rancher's water rights, and Devin is being celebrated for it by being put in a, a cowboy hat and given a trophy. Did they give him a trophy? Yeah, they gave. But did you see his reaction? <laughs> no, I. Well, no. <laughs> they're like, and thank you, and here's a, a here's like a token of our appreciation, and they're just like, uh, okay, it looked like a bowl, like it was like a a bowl <laughs> that you put cereal in. I don't know what it was. I want to talk about this scene, though, in general. Please, let's do this. How they just basically took a a very stereotypical cowboy aesthetic and just jammed it into this show. Like I know. So <laughs> every single person is wearing like the big cowboy hat, like very you know generic looking yeah. cowboy hat. Everybody has a big leather belt with a belt buckle. The, like some of them have the flannel on. Yeah, they're all wearing cowboy boots. Yes, um, they're. Where the kind of this little lunch is that they're giving Devin his is props, and this um, other woman who I is she I don't know who this woman she's was. She's from the foundation, okay, or I, something I, like that. She was a very <laughs> nondescript woman. Just never there. seen her before. She bookended the episode, and that was the only time we see. Never her. Never going to see her again. But Probably not. every single tablecloth was like that that red and white checkered, like you know. Oh yeah country tablecloth do you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. every oh, single absolutely. one it was just a very busy scene and didn't f- it just felt weird it just felt really weird it was very bizarre it was super super bizarre and so this is actually intercut with scenes of the bad guys i sure. suppose they're planting a bomb in a creek is yeah. that what I is that what we is that what we look like yeah they're planting a bomb at some at a reservoir a kind of watering hole thing Obviously, to break the the levee and release all this water, right? And so there, there's this whole scene with them being they're all celebratory that Devin and the foundation won the trial, and then the next thing we know, they hear a big boom and a bang, the dynamite goes off, and the creek and the basin has been destroyed, mm-hmm. and now they have no. Well, they they still have water. The but water's going basically away. Diverting whoever these guys are are diverting the water away from. The cow ranch, right? They're just making they're just lo- making them lose all their their water, right? Right. And, and so the head of this, the head of this, these guys, I don't know what you want to call them the the other cattle, the, ra- the, the other bad, ranch, ca- the bad cowboys, the bad ranch, the, the bad <laughs> because ba- it's two ranches. This one guy who's like doing power grabs all over the place, very very eighties motif, right? Um, owns a ranch, I guess, and uh, is basically harassing this other woman who owns a ranch by trying to get rid of her water supply, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So he decides that he's gonna. He has these other guys. His name is Bremen. He's like he runs the other cattle ranch. Mm-hmm. He decides that he's gonna send his guys down and divert the water to his ranch. Is that it, what it was? I thought he was just like making a mess so that she didn't have water. I maybe that's what I it thought. Was. That's all that it was. Maybe that's all it was. Well, that makes it even stupider. <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy's just an idiot. Um, so the ranchers head down to the basin and they're kind of trying to fix the problem. Devin decides that because of this happening he wants michael because i think at one point he says i have two things i know what's gonna i know what's gonna solve this problem michael knight yeah what and then we cut to the semi 
the really large semi, <laughs> which still doesn't make sense. So the, it's the the semi truck that you know it's the workstation, the home base for Kit, right? Which is been parked in the same spot for the past three or four episodes, right? In different towns or whatever, this thing's just sitting there. Yep. Um, but it's not the same truck that we saw in the pilot. No. No, it's definitely not. I want to know when that truck comes in. But you realize, too, we still haven't actually met Bonnie for the first time. Oh, right. Because these episodes aired so out of production order that we haven't gotten to the first meeting of Michael and Bonnie yet. (laughs) Perfect. So that's great. Mm -hmm. So when we see Bonnie Mm -hmm. in the semi, she's upgrading Kit. Of course. And this time she's upgraded him with a grappling hook. Almost like he's going to need to use it by the end of the episode. Well, no. I don't know. Maybe. Let's let's see what that happens. Yeah, and I love it how she's just like, I made him better. I made him better. I made him better. It's 25% better. Right. More 25%. It's just like, uh, so by the end of the series, he's going to be like 8,000% better. And it's going to weigh like 40 tons because (laughs) she just keeps putting crap in him. And then they do the test of the grappling hook. Like there's just like a beer keg. Like, yeah, it was a big wooden, a big wooden barrel. Barrel. And he just like hits it and then reels it back in. Yeah, that's the test. He's like, "Oh, great, we can go fishing." Right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So Michael doesn't really put up much of a fight and just agrees to go help these cattle ranchers. Right. Basically, what it is is he basically he wants to. They want him to like sort of keep the peace because this one woman who Bremen is like fighting with is very stubborn and also kind of will get revenge. So right. until like corporately or whatever, they got some injunction so that if anything happens, Bremen's responsible. But if they do any backlash, the whole deal's off. That's what I, I was gonna. I'm glad that was what I was gonna say. So, so yeah, yeah. So basically, they want Michael to just go and keep the peace and stop this woman. I forget her name from doing anything stupid, but also keeping an eye on everything. Right. You know, with with a plot with a plot line like that and a plot device like that, when they say that if any of the ranchers engage in any legal activity against Bremen, the judge will throw it out. It's almost like they're just going to forget that plot point by the end of the episode. Oh, sure. I, I don't know. I was just, you know. What plot point? We weren't talking about anything. Uh, anyway, so Michael heads up to the cattle ranch. Yep. And he meets up with a woman named Francesca Morgan. Hmm. Their leader. I think they even refer to her as That's the right. leader. Right? Yes, Francesca. Fran. They call her Fran. Sure. They call it, so she's the leader of this cattle ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the ranch, Francesca and her father-in-law, we find out, Josh. Yes. Yep. Uh, they kind of um, Francesca like holds him at gunpoint, or no? Is it Josh? Well, Josh yeah. holds him at gunpoint. Michael shows up, get and gets out of the car, and Josh is there, holds him at gunpoint, and then Francesca's there, holds him at gunpoint, being like, "Who are you? What's going on? Kind of rough times around here, right? Show me some ID, right? And of course, you know, Michael has a wallet full of fake IDs. Yeah, tosses him the wallet. And I wanted the guy to like go through all these bizarre like plumber, you know, taxidermist. Right, right. And, and Michael's like, no, no, just keep going, keep going. It's in there, keep going. It's in there. Phoenix past, Foundation, past magician, yeah. past Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix Foundation. Keep going past that. That's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. Michael, Michael, Michael Knight. Is this you? Yep, that's me. Yeah, that's I, the one. I'm, I'm with the foundation. I'm here to help you. What is this, Fred Garman, male gigolo? What is that? I don't understand what that is. But that's <laughs> um, just gonna go ahead and move past that one. Uh, just to, could you get the one that says Michael Knight? That's me. That's me. That's and then the he one. just like closes the wallet and whips it back and says, "Yeah, he checks out." <laughs> it's like okay, oh, all right, fair enough. And this is where the little kid walks in. What, what's the name? Kevin. Kevin. 
Good old Kevin. What a Kevin. Jesus. He is a Kevin. He's, he's got a total Kevin. He's got so much hair. He looks like he almost looks like Chucky. The human if, version of Chucky. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hey man, that's a really cool car. Oh God. Kevin's real name is Bumper. <laughs> what? The actor? Corey Bumper Yothers is the actor who played Kevin. <laughs> Corey Bumper Yothers. He's not done anything else. No, nope, he stopped working after 1985. <laughs> okay. So that was the peak of his career. That was it. That was it. That's a really cool car, man. I really like your car. Uh, yeah, you want to go for riding it later? Do, boy, do I, mister. All right, well, just uh, have your sister, whatever, make me a hamburger. <laughs> That's what it felt like. I know, but they never go for a ride. No, they don't. He never. He doesn't sneak in like Buddy does in, the la- in a couple episodes ago. Um, <laughs> so we cut to Bremen's ranch, hmm. and Francesca has arrived, and she basically, she's there to serve a notice to Bremen, but doesn't actually serve him anything, and just says, you better back off what you're doing, and then turns around and rides away. I'm here to serve you. Yeah, but... But you're you're not you're not a lawyer, <laughs> right? She's like, you just better back off what you're doing. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. And ride, <laughs> she rides away. on her horse. I mean, <laughs> you remember in MacGyver we were talking about um, the female characters that they would write into some of these shows. Yeah, how they're just n- not empowering. <laughs> they're just I don't. Know. This is there's something about them that they're just not great. Six in a row. Yeah. This is six episodes. No, seven episodes in. Mm-hmm. Six women because I'm not counting. I'm counting the pilot as one full episode. Mm-hmm. This is every episode so far has been a different, strangely written woman. At least this one. I think they even mentioned that she is almost as impulsive as Michael. So she kind of has. She's almost a good foil mm-hmm. for Michael just because she has that strong presence that Which some of the is other ones fine, don't. But the character is also super inconsistent because she's butting heads with him and then comes around like immediately in the same scene. Right. And is like best friends. It's like, I don't, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't understand this. Right. Exactly. So what we did, we forgot to mention this part actually about Michael arriving in town. Yes. When he wakes up after having this terrific dream while sleeping in Kit's front seat. Oh, right, because basically Michael got to town by Kit driving him there overnight from someplace. Right. Wherever that was. Wherever he was coming from. And he's like, oh, it was, a great, it was the best night's sleep I've had in a long time. Right. No, you didn't. There's no way you slept comfortably in that car. No, you did not. But I love this because they show up and there's a roadblock of like three tractors who kind of box big front end loaders and you big know front end load yeah i immediately thought of killdozer again absolutely i'm like absolutely. it's killdozer cuz somehow bremen's men and bremen got wind that somebody was coming from the foundation or not even from the foundation but somebody was coming to kind of regulate the situation like yeah, somehow they heard about it through the grapevine they somewhere. heard about it and so they were going to try to stop him mm-hmm. so they box him in and it was a very did you catch what happened Okay, so yeah, tell please what what happened. So basically, they're boxing Michael in, and he's in kit, and he's trying to figure out how to get out. Did you see the button that he pushed? No, what did he do? I didn't see it. So it all goes back to the stunt episode. What was that? Slam and Sammy. Slam and Sammy. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He pushed a button in kit that said ski mode or something like that. What? So yeah, he pushed a button that said ski mode. Kit pops up on two wheels and drives backwards on two wheels. I didn't see the button. Yeah. Oh my like, god! So there's there's a link. So I bet you Kit loved the stunt driving so much that he made Bonnie put ski mode in him. Absolutely. 
Oh my Bon-y. gosh, Bonnie! I need to have a button that allows me to launch up on two wheels because you can see the bounce too. Like as soon as it's like yeah. boom, and he sucks so up on two, drives, backs up, make, you know, gets out of the way of everybody, falls back on all four wheels, and then just drives around them. Super anticlimactic, really boring. <laughs> really? And everybody that's in the the trucks or uh, the the front end loaders are like, huh? Oh, okay, that's weird. Right. All right. I guess we'll have to find him at some other point. <laughs> but they don't. That's no. it. Nope. And so when Michael pulls into the Double M Ranch, I'm getting the point I'm getting to is that we have this really bad scene about a dog pissing on Kit. <laughs> dog, dog, you better find you better find somewhere else to do that. Dog, go away, dog. What did he call? He called him like not beast, but like a man, a mangy or a mongrel or something like that. Something like that. And he tries to like Kit tries to roar like he did to the dog in the other episode, and right. the dog doesn't go. But the dog ends up like pissing on his tires. Right. Yeah, when Michael comes back, he's like, did you see that dog did to my car, or my, my wheels? It's all right, Kit. We'll wash it off or whatever. Yeah, so right. Kit got pissed on by a dog. Yeah, I love it. Or love we, it. we assume maybe he just got shat on by a dog. That's, that's true. Did you see what he did to my tires? Maybe Kit just like tried to spin the tires out to clean the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's driving. He's like, man, what is that smell? Nothing, Michael. It's all up in the air vents. <laughs> Let me turn on the air conditioner. <laughs> Oh, Kit, what did you do? <laughs> it wasn't me, Michael. It was that blasted animal. So, shockingly, uh, Fran invites Michael to just stay in their house. But, like, kind we of got like, plenty of room. Say, so we got plenty of room, but just don't get in the way. I'll do what I got to do about my business. I'll do it the way I want to. You can stay here if you want, though. But don't get in the way. Michael's what like, okay, f- I guess, okay, sure. So... This is my favorite scene in the episode coming up right here. So Michael and, and Fran are talking. And so basically Fran, again, spells out the whole thing. Like, even without Bremen's interference, mm-hmm. they're basically, like, not making ends meet at all. Um, they said they have had two years of dry winters. Their acreage has been cut down by 30%. They just said, so even mm-hmm. without Bremen jumping in and trying to, like, take our water, mm-hmm. we're, we're as good as gone. Good as gone anyway, yeah. So she's going to try to teach him a lesson. By sending their bull to have some fun with the other cattle. Like Bremen's cattle. Yeah, with Bremen's cattle. And Michael's like, um, well, you know that doing that was not only going to destroy the value of the herd, but he doesn't say it. But I'm like, remember that whole thing about how if you're going to get into other legal battles and activity with Bremen, then the judge is going to throw. You're not going to think about. No, I know what I'm doing. Stop it. I'm perfectly capable of this is how we handle things here. And I bet you can't guess what happens next. Oh, my God. The bull got loose. Bumper. Oh, my God. Bumper. Bull, bumper the bull. Bull. Run, I thought you said bull runs over bumper. Kills that kid. Oh, but his name's Buddy or whatever the hell it is. Chucky. Corey Bumper Yothers. Chucky. Chucky. Chucky Bumper. But like the thing is, I'm thinking, like the way that she's kind of have leading that bull around him, it's like that bull never was like under control. Like you're just holding the rope. No, because the bull just like <laughs> starts pushing pulling away and she drops the rope. Right. She's like, oh my god! Oh my god! We have to get him. Bumper's gonna do. And I think Michael takes starts running and then immediately gets on the horn with Kit and is like, Kit. On the, on the horn, on the wrist phone. On the wrist phone is like, Kit, I need you to jump in here and take take, take care of business. Okay. Kit comes speeding in, like <laughs> on his own, like making the Kit sound. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. And starts like like matadoring the bull. <laughs> Literally just bullfighting with this with, with bumper. Like right. Kit has become a matador. Like he throws open his door and you can hear him like scream like yell Toto, Toto, Toto and the the bull's like slamming into the side of and, Kit. And everyone's like, What is this? Who's like, driving that car? And like Kit like somehow I don't know why, but there's a ramp 
on the farm and Kit mm-hmm. like jumps over the bull. Yeah. And that's enough to calm the bull down. So Basically, they can I think it. what the way Kit put it is like they confuse the bull so much it doesn't know what to do. Right. And so then Michael just kind of walks up, grabs the rope, and hands it back to Fran. She's like, like, I've never seen anything like this. And they're all laughing. This is where we've come. I'm like... Seven uh, episodes in. Yeah. If this is indicative of where the whole series goes... Do you think they've really run out of ideas after seven episodes? Like, what do no, the writer's room look like here? I'm I'm, I'm going to hold out that since they put these all out of order, that they probably put the best stuff first. That's what to I'm... haul people in. Uh, so maybe there's some better things coming up. But this episode was just... All over the place. We haven't even gotten to the worst part. I also want them to shoot in a different location. I'm getting tired of this the environment. Open, what, just the open valley? Yeah, the open <laughs> valley, the same place, the, the same like where all the biker gang is and all this stuff. I'm just like, let's go somewhere different. Right, right, exactly. So, so Bremen is shockingly planning another attack, but they really can't do anything because the, the cattle ranchers on the other side have put up a 24-hour patrol at the basin, so they have people like patrolling... All night. Right. I just want to uh, jump in about the basin. So basically, Fran was explaining to Michael, water is everything with these cattle. The cattle need 14 gallons of water a oh, day. Oh, yeah. This was intense. And she has something like 6,000 head of cattle. Yeah. So she's like, it equals something like, I don't know, 80 or 60 or 80,000 gallons a day. That they Yeah. Need. And she's like, if there's no water, they'll go nuts and they'll go looking for it, which is a stampede. Right. So I know what I'm doing. Right. I'm going to send the bull in there to go bugger all of his cattle. <laughs> No, yeah, that's yeah. You clearly weren't paying attention to what the judge said, but whatever, it's okay, Fran. So it actually, as far as an educational thing, that was actually really fascinating to me because I never, I never really thought about just the amount of water needed, right, for all of that, and it's like amazing. Uh, it was, it was actually. I had to rewind it one a couple times and put the uh, subtitles up because I really wanted to watch those numbers because it was really, it, w- it was kind of fascinating for me to listen to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is like a weird scene coming up. So right before Michael decides that he's going to volunteer to do a watch out at the basin, uh, Fran's father-in-law makes this weird comment about how after his son died, Fran's husband, Mm -hmm. she was like, why don't you just get yourself back out there? Like, why don't you start basically like start dating again? And he's like making these comments about how, she should pursue Michael, right? And I'm like, what? This- I know. I've, I see the way you look at him. That's the first time you've looked at anybody it's like been that since twelve hours. My son died. Your husband. My son. You should find somebody else, right? You know, with my grand with my grandson needs yeah. a, needs a father figure. Like, yeah, your grieving's over. Go find somebody else. You've known Michael for twelve hours. I know, maybe less. And he's <laughs> he's already said he'd give your your son a ride in this car. You don't even know him. Jump in my car. He doesn't even know if you cook good hamburgers. Seriously, I mean, the man's gonna want a cheeseburger at some point. I know. Oh yeah, double, cheeseburger, double cheeseburger with onions. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I'm just I'm sorry, but I, it was just a really out of place scene. Yeah, it was unnecessary, <laughs> it was but, it, but it also unnecessary. gave the backstory, like, this woman's husband's dead. Why did they say he died? He died... Um, I can't remember how he died. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I forget. And it's irrelevant because it doesn't matter. Right. Absolutely not. So, after dinner, Michael goes out to the basin because he's on he's on guard for the, for the night shift. Yeah. And he puts Kit in surveillance mode and starts walking the perimeter. And as this is happening, the three guys who planted the bomb at the beginning of the episode are back. Two of them go out to find Michael, and one of them is going to try to steal Kit. You, you say three guys. I will say two guys and an idiot man-child. Yes. 
the idiot man child who tries to steal Kit. Uh, what's this? Which this he actually this idiot man child is also one of my other favorite scenes <laughs> in the episode. Yes. So the idiot man child tries to steal Kit. But Kit obviously starts messing with him. He's like backing up and going forward. Mm-hmm. Then starts talking to him and slowly like stalking him around the basin, <laughs> creeping him out. Yeah, totally creeping him out. And this guy just like doesn't he just bail and just yeah, runs? he basically freaks out and runs away. And the other two guys attack Michael, and Michael like handily wastes them. He just beats the shit out of them. Holy shit! It was actually not a not a not a bad little fight scene. So it's interesting. The scene before where they're having kind of dinner before Michael goes out on patrol. He says something. They say something about war, and he's like, "Well, I've been in a few wars. They don't like them much, but I'll be fine." So, like, th- there's something there. Like, we know that he was in special forces, that he was yeah. in Vietnam. I we're was, talking yeah. Michael Long. Michael here. Long, right? I'm just wondering. I want to know if we ever learn what he did. I would love to get a backstory on what Michael Long did prior to getting shot in the face. <laughs> yeah, if he just has like this really deep, sordid background, like. The, like basically his job application is like all redacted it's all blacked out right <laughs> he's like so where were you i was i was in vietnam and where exactly um can't tell you that and what did you do there can't tell you that can't tell you that not at liberty to do say. you have qualifications for this job yep and what are they can't, can't tell t- you that <laughs> yeah so oh it's my. just basically like the paper is heavy with ink from being blacked out i I really hope we get some sort of a backstory on that. And that's why um, Winston Knight found him, because it's like, this guy, this guy this right guy. here. You know this guy where all you see is his name, and it's just a bunch of black <laughs> Sharpie? I want this guy. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So this this exchange also made very little sense. So Michael, after being attacked, gets in the car and asks Kit, oh, what, what happened to the other guy? Yeah. And he tells them, like, the other guy is gone. I, I chased him away. And Michael's like... Did it ever occur to you that you might have scared this guy off? And, and Kit's like, well, wasn't, wasn't that the point? Um, and Michael says, not exactly. So what the fuck was the point? Yeah, what so do you mean, I don't, what was the point? It's like, aren't you supposed to scare him off? Yeah, but when did Michael tell Kit to not scare him? Like, right. Just like protect things. What w- but the other thing is, what was Michael going to do with this guy? Oh, you know what? Because he needs to fuel up Kit. Oh, that's right. He just Do wanted you think this guy. he will pass sufficiently for hobo oil? Probably. Okay. <laughs> Probably. Because he's an idiot man child. Yeah, he's going to put him in the trunk and Kit's just going to slowly <laughs> dissolve him. It's like it's like the bugs in Starship Troopers. It's just like, <laughs> you just put the, the, the antenna in the head and just starts sucking the life out. <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> um so are you saying, are you comparing idiot man children to hobos? No. Are you saying hobos are idiot man children? Oh, geez. now we're just going down a really slippery slope. I'm not, I'm not getting involved in this. <laughs> anyway, it didn't make much sense for Michael to get pissed at Kit because Kit was like, well, wasn't I supposed to not let him try to steal me? Like, what? Right. Was and I he, supposed to kill him? And he was having a blast, too. He was having so much fun. I, it just didn't make, and it made no sense. But so the next morning... Uh, Fran is out doing her rounds, um, checking in on the other ranchers. They're like, "Yeah, there's been no, you know, no movement, no attacks from from Bremen's men. I think we're, I think we're okay." So she heads back, or so we cut to Michael and Kit heading to Bremen's place, mm. and Kit's like, "Michael, there's a there's a there's a heat signature like a hundred yards off to my right, and it turns out it's the idiot man child <laughs> just like walking on the dirt path." And Michael's like go after him so he like he hides in the back seat and he's like oh, he's like make something up he's like try to get some information out of him and so you know what's what's going what's going to happen and so kit like starts talking to oh no he says something about michael said something about being a ufo yeah it's like be a ufo do something yeah it's just like what this michael come on 
He's like, just do it. Just do it. Fine. So like Michael hides in the back seat and Kit starts chasing the idiot man child. Oh, poor. Uh, now, now we're calling him idiot man child. And he's not. He's not. He's just a nice guy who's, you know, maybe not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's definitely not because then Kit slowly pins his leg or his ankle to a chain link fence. Which is, like, seems to be like his in. signature move, like pinning people to stuff. I mean, without hitting him at 60 miles an hour. When you think about it, can... though, how, what else What else can a car do? That's what I was about to say. Like, side of hitting someone at 60 miles an hour, bam, what else can you do? Like, maybe 40 miles an hour, open your car door and just slam him to the ground? <laughs> like, what else can you do other than just... Give him a door prize? Bam. Smoke, you could smoke screen him. That's that's a that you could incapacitate that way. You could shoot him with a harpoon. You could shoot him with the yeah, with the grappling hook. <laughs> Come uh, here. Kit, did it ever occur to you that you might have just killed that man? Michael, wasn't that the point? N- not exactly, no. Sorry, Michael. I'm an inanimate <laughs> object. I do not live or die. I don't understand morality. I but don't know. What I love this is that so Kit starts talking like an alien. Yeah. He's like you need to give me this information, Earthling. Yeah. Earthling, what are you? Are you from outer space? What do you think? Yes, of course. <laughs> and it works. Yeah, and it works wholeheartedly. Michael's in the back seat. Kit's pretending to be an alien from another <laughs> planet, and basically tells this guy after the gentleman. This guy spills the information. Tells him like, "Oh, I don't know anything. I just know that that Bremen's next move has something to do with the main water pipes. That's mm-hmm. all I can tell you." And mm-hmm. so he lets the guy go, and he goes. And he says, what did he say to him? He says, I'll be back. Does he, does he threaten to come back? Something like that. He, yeah, I don't know if he says, I'll be back. Yeah, he basically like kind of threatens him and is like, if I'll, I'll come back for you. Right, <laughs> like, yeah, so don't mess I'll, this up. I'll be back for you. And the guy <laughs> yeah. just like runs off. Freaks out and runs away. So Michael heads over to the main pipes, only to see... The main pipes? That's what he says, because the know, guy says the main water pipes. The main pipes. So he heads over to the main water pipes and sees a loader... Getting ready to destroy the pipes. <laughs> sure. Okay. Perfect. And so, perfect. Michael once again meant. I think he asks Kit, "Can you handle a head-on collision?" <laughs> yeah, and Kit's like, "I don't think we should find out because yeah. he's like, because the loader they start basically they charge the, the the loader. It's like a it's like a steam shovel sort of thing or yeah. a, or a, a backhoe. Uh, and basically, the operator is trying to hit Kit with the shovel. And he's right. just doing donuts around him. Exactly. And then Michael's like, can you take a direct hit? I'm like, yes, because you, you snuffed out a bomb with it, Michael. Right. This is the third time you've asked him the same question. Right. Yes. Kit can take a hit from that shovel. Sure. So this is something interesting because so Michael is trying to draw the guy, the guy in the loader away from the pipes. Mm. But this is where we hear that Kit is not programmed to kill. Right. He says he's not programmed to finish off a person. So th- I thought that was just a really interesting little character piece for for Kit. Well, yeah, well, we learned that early on there where he's designed to protect life. He's right. designed to protect people. Right. Sure. I just like that line that he's like, Michael, you know I'm not programmed to finish off a person. <laughs> so okay, Kit, so shockingly, Kit uses the grappling hook in the final act of the episode. Uh-huh. Grappling hooks the loader and drags it away from the main pipes, leading me to... This terrible plot hole, Kit can drag a 14-ton loader, and it doesn't wreck his alpha circuit. Nope. Bonnie must have fixed it. I just, like, it. this shitty kind of writing, <laughs> like, you can't even pay attention to this terrible writing. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I know. Well, what I think is also funny, though, is, like, he shoots the... It's. They say grappling hook, but it's more like a harpoon. It is. It's definitely not a grappling hook. And he shoots hook. it into the tire. Right. 
shoots it into the tire. Right. All he had to do was back up, and it would pull it right out of the tire again. Exactly. But instead, no. He can drag this whole loader with the operator using the bucket to drag on the ground trying to stop it. Kit has enough traction and weight to pull this loader. Not to mention that he's pulling it with a flat tire. Right. So it's going to make it even harder mm-hmm. to, pull a car, to pull this thing 14 tons, and he's fine. Kit's fine. So the answer, Michael, yes, Kit can take a direct hit. Yeah, you don't need to ask this question ever, ever again. No. Please stop. Mm-hmm. So Michael makes it over to Bremen's, ha- Bremen's ranch. And Michael basically says, you know, whatever you've got in mind for uh, what you're about to do to these water lines, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. <laughs> just don't just do not do it. I love Michael's cockiness, though. He's like, yeah, yep, so uh, your plan, not going to work. Right. Not, not going to work. And so he makes a comment, too, that he, that he handcuffed Bremen's men down to the machines at the pipeline. And yeah. I'm like, so he just completely, once again, forgets about this extra legal line about the judge. He's interfering but he's, with Bremen, is but it? But he's not though. So Bremen's doing dumb stuff. Yeah. Um. But he's he's just preventing it. He's so I think that's okay. Okay. But I want to know. I want to know. Like, did he handcuff them in really odd positions? Like, did he handcuff them face to face or like, like human centipede style? Yeah. <laughs> like he handcuffed one guy's legs to another guy's ankles and just like in a big giant oh. circle. <laughs> He human centipeded him. <laughs> yeah, right. So, like, yeah, basically he, he, yeah, okay, so there's three guys. The one in the middle, his hands are handcuffed to the guy in the front's hands, but the guy in the front's hands, legs, or his legs are handcuffed to the guy in the back's hands, so they're all kind of, like, linked together really tight. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And Michael's like, yeah, I, I, you go down, but first, you just, you just, before you unlock him. You just breathe that in. You just take that in. You just just enjoy it. Because it happened to you. <laughs> and this horse right here. They must have left that scene on the cutting room floor. Probably yeah. pacing reasons, you think? You think? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we have Michael and Fran like having a heart-to-heart down at the creek. Michael basically tells her, you need to channel all this negative energy into something positive. <laughs> and then I love Fran's like, well, yeah, okay, but you know what I really could use at this point right now? I could really just use a hug. Oh, okay. Come <laughs> like, on. I'm just like, mm. okay. I mean, are we going to need to add Fran to the list of women? Well, that's Michael? the thing. Yes, definitely. Okay. Well, well, that's the thing with these these characters, these these strong women. They come out. They come, they're really bossy. They're really upfront, And then they just fall to pieces at the end. And they need Michael to, or whatever. Right. Michael or MacGyver or, or whatever to Who, give them a wh- hug. Whoever it is just needs to it's come like, in. No, and- just be badass all the way through. Right. The what this scene though it looked like it was the same area that um uh that Hellfighters episode was shot in almost not quite oh in MacGyver yeah right it could have been so and then so they're walking along and all the time I'm 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 hearing like these weird sounds I couldn't place it I'm like what the hell is that they piped in cow sounds no did you hear it I heard a few I, well yeah maybe I guess because I did. there are no cows in this scene. But there are like there are moves. If you listen really carefully, you hear like meh, meh, under <laughs> under the entire dialogue. I'm gonna have to, I might I may actually have to go back and listen I'm to like, that. I'm like, oh, they are that those are animals. But it was so quiet and random that I was like, what the fr- what is that? Oh, God, it's just the worst. Oh, it was, it was great. So now we get the final piece of the plan that Bremen is planning to bomb the sluice gates at the main reservoir, causing a basically causing 
massive amounts of damage. Like he's gonna b- bust out the dam mm-hmm. and just cause just but complete en- annihilation. Everything. Like, what's the right. point? What's your end game, Bremen? He's gonna anni- like not just annihilate and take the water away from the r- cattle ranch. But he's annihilating everything in this water space. <laughs> right. It just doesn't. None of it makes sense. Right. And Fran and Francesca at some point had snuck into the ranch and overheard this happening. Well, do you remember? Okay, so so there's a scene where Danny's waking up, like curled up next to his dog. Yes. In the no, not Danny. Uh, uh, Chucky baby buggy bumper. Chucky uh, baby buggy bumper. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Chucky Baby Buggy Bumper, Kevin. <laughs> yes, that's him. Is waking up next to his dog, Chucky Baby Buggy Bumper. Yes. And in the stable. Right. Like he sleeps in the stable in the hay. He, he totally slept in the stable. And he walks out and his mom's getting a horse ready. And, and she's like, did you sleep out here again? Oh, you sh- oh I've got to be lighter on you. Okay, fine. Don't, just don't do that anymore. He's like, where are you going, Mom? I'm going to go see Bremen. Don't tell Michael. So... Of course, Kevin follows Fran, sees Fran get kidnapped. Right. He rides back and goes to get Michael. Because Fran just like goes to Brevin's ranch and starts just walking around and immediately gets caught. Right. Because she had no plan. Nope. She definitely didn't. She tried to run very slowly and got caught going over ah! the fence. Ah! Right. Exactly. Ah! And then Kevin just gets on his little mini horse. Oh, that was my second favorite scene. <laughs> Kevin on the mini horse? Oh, my God. I don't I don't know if that was a pony, but it was like a small horse, which is a pony. It was his little Sebastian. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> do you think that he just like feeds it apples and pets it? Yes, I do. Like, talks to it. Do you think it was, do you think he called it Little Kev? Little Kev. That, that was his horse's L- name? Little Kev Buggy Bumper. <laughs> little Chucky. Little, little Chucky Baby Buggy Bumper. Like, he cuts its hair the same way. <laughs> God, that kid had such funny. It was hair. a lot. I don't know what was going on with that hair. It was like but, a big, like a. It was like a big meatball hair. But I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like Kevin. <laughs> I didn't. Okay, I didn't dislike Kevin, but he was such a Kevin. He totally was a Kevin. Hey, Kevin, where are your friends? I, I don't him. have any. You're not my real father. Yeah, <laughs> live on a ranch by myself with my mom and my grandfather. God, there are no kids anywhere here. Yeah, that's the funny thing. As I noticed that, there's a lot of adults, but no children except for Kevin. Do you think that he really is an adult? He just <laughs> Do you think he's really like a 35-year-old man? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. It's weird that they call each other that like Fran calls Kevin um her son, but whatever, I guess. I don't know. People have all kinds of interesting relationships. That's true. So he goes home to get Michael. Michael gets in Kit and heads over to Bremen's ranch. Kit scans the house and sees one lone body in the kitchen or what he assumes is the kitchen and then I think he goes over his PA and asks Fran, would you please lay flat against the south wall, Mrs. Morgan? Right, as they're driving at the ranch at like at 80, 90 miles an hour right. through the dirt. And so so Devin, Devin's there, right? No, no, uh, the father. It's the uh, Josh. And I think actually I think Kevin's in the car. Yeah, Josh and Kevin are yeah. in the back seat. I'm like, why the hell did they get in the back seat? So the passenger seat's open. Michael needs to use the open seat for Fran. I know, because they need they need all the space they right. can get. With his her father-in-law and son in the back, <laughs> back seat. seat. But whatever, it's fine. So they drive headlong while Kit's talking over his PA system to tell Fran to move out of the way, like get up against the wall. They drive through the building. Back up, get Fran out, and then put her in the passenger seat. I'm like, okay, that's why the passenger seat's open. Yeah. And then they drive away. They drive towards where the bombs are going because uh, Fran tells Michael, 
the plan that he's that Bremen's going to bomb the sluice gates at the main at the main pipe, and so he's like, "All right, well, I guess we got to go over there and stop them." He's what are you gonna... bomb the sluice sluice gates? Well, isn't that what he says? Yeah, I just yeah. think it's hilarious. It's sluice the sleuth gates. gates. <laughs> it's going to bomb the sleuths. The sleuths gates. Bomb them. But I love that Michael like has no plan. He's going to drive over to the main ga- the main water the main gate and try to stop the bomb. And like he has no idea what he's doing, but he doesn't make it. So as they're right. driving, the bomb goes off. He's like, "Oh man, they already went off. We got to get ahead of the water." Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, now they're driving on paved roads. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Throughout yeah. the entire episode, there it's dirt, and now all of a sudden, it's like a, a, a state highway or something. Right. And they're burning rubber, going down, trying to beat the water. Right. And he's trying to figure out, well, what are we going to do if the water makes it down to whatever? It's going to flash flood everything and kill everything and total blah ani- blah blah. Total blah, annihilation. Total annihilation. Annihilation. <laughs> Anal inhalation. <laughs> yes. Fe- oh yeah, our last maga- one of our last fecal ma- inhalation. Yeah, fecal inhalation dream. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, and then basically, you have to take this over because okay. man, so they don't make it, and they so they get to the they they get ahead of the water, and Kit fires two rockets at the side of the mountain, causing an avalanche and essentially stopping the water in its place. But Greg, David, did you happen to recognize? That scene with the water rushing down the side of the mountain. I this all the way through since the aspect ratio was changed. I couldn't place it, but I'm like I've seen this before. I know it's from another movie. I'm like it looks like it's from an, a, like an old monster film. Right. Where did it come from, David? So rather than try to, obviously, it's very difficult to film this type of scene oh film an actual flash flood film an actual flash flood they bought this footage the producers from warner brothers Mm. from the climax of the 1978 film superman with christopher reeve and then just compressed the picture because that's why it looks so squeezed (laughs) they took a uh 2.35 aspect ratio film and compressed it to full screen Mm. and just used the footage of the climax of Superman for the end of this film, for the end of this episode. Sure. And I'm trying to think of what's worse. So for those of you who have listened to MacGyver, there was an episode around season three or four where MacGyver got caught in an avalanche, and he got caught under a couple of feet of snow. Mm. They reused footage of uh, the film Avalanche, but it seemed to work better because they at least synced up MacGyver's outfit with the the actor in the scene that they used. Right. So it kind of worked a little bit better. This was just blatantly, like, because the movie Avalanche was so little known Mm -hmm. that people weren't like, huh, that looks familiar. You can look at this now and say, holy shit, that's the end of Superman. (laughs) I know. Like, if you know the movie, and the one you said, I'm like, that is, that's where I have seen it. I've seen Superman, like, once or twice, and not recently. But it's totally, you can totally know that that's, like, this, like, iconic climax. I guess it comes down to this. If you're going to write a plot into just a regular weekly television series that requires you to buy footage because it's so crazy, how about just not have that scene in it? Right. You did perfectly fine up into that. I could have bought other things. Right. But it's so fantastic that Kit uses rockets to cause an avalanche to stop water flowing down a hit. It's like that is so out of out of the it, blue. It just didn't that mm. by changing your your story a little bit, you would have eliminated all that weirdness. Yes. And of course, they're all in the car. 
they all get out of the car and watch everything get saved, and they have like a big family hug at the top of this cliff. <laughs> and Michael's in the middle of a hug, knowing him for what, 36 hours? Probably. And he's just, now he's part of the family. Forever. So Bremen and his men get arrested. They're they're in jail. And Kevin comes like running in at the end of the scene and says, you guys, you guys, you got to help me. You got to help me. Well, Kevin, what happened? It's Bumper, the bull. No. What, well, what happened? He got loose again. And Michael gets on his little wristwatch and says, Kit, you know what to do. And Kit's like, he just like rides in and does the, the matador thing again. Okay. And we fade to black. I'm like, that's how you end the episode. <laughs> Kit wrangling the bull as the, fuck. Man, this was this one. I mean, none of the episodes are like when you really break them down. None of them are great stories. No, this, this just, just wasn't even interesting. This was terrible. It's just I wasn't engaged. In fact, I was taking notes and looking more at the notes than I was paying attention to the screen. Like with at least the last six episodes prior to this one, I was trying really hard to watch with doing notes i spent more time on my notes yeah i just was not invested in this episode the only reason that i'm giving this one belt buckle mm. <laughs> which wow. is a, a two star the only reason it's getting a belt buckle is because the kit highlights were so outlandish mm-hmm. the kit scenes even the dog shitting on his tire <laughs> but like the matador yeah and just the the bet I, I just i'm really enjoying the banter and the back and forth okay just the story itself was just complete garbage yeah it was terrible it was absolutely terrible so i'm giving it a belt buckle <laughs> solely based on and not just because all of the cattle ranchers had big belt buckles solely based on the fact that kit was just somewhat enjoyable to listen to were any modifiers for this no 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 just nope. straight okay. i'm gonna have to pay attention to Devin's eyelashes in the next episode though. yeah yes indeed so where are you landing there so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a perm okay like, is that a, a is that a one star that's a two star a perm's a one star is it yeah oh because perms that's what suck. i meant okay never mind <laughs> i don't even know our own rating and even our, a I, belt buckle is two i'm gonna give it a belt buckle no you're right because okay. I'm right on there with you. It wasn't a good episode, but I really enjoyed watching it yeah. because it was just so bonkers. Yeah. And um yeah, Kevin Kevin was a one, weird little kid. He was a very bizarre little child. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I don't have anything else interesting to say about this episode. I just this is one of those like this when we do our recaps of each season, I mean, this is going to be it's going to be tough to to find something worse than this one. I mean, it's only seven episodes, but I don't I mean, know. This is this has got to be down near the bottom. So for me. I am I am really excited, just in general, to see how bad it gets. I know. I really want to know. Like I I I am so pumped. And in fact, maybe my ratings are going to get better the worse the episodes are. We because that's what happened with MacGyver. Because when <laughs> we got to season seven, we realized how badly Richard Dean Anderson wanted off this show uh-huh. and how how just tired he was so we took those for how bad they were and we rated them based on how bad they were not for the entertainment of right you know and i'm wondering if that's going to happen earlier in the series <laughs> i mean we only got what 86 episodes in the series yeah so we have significantly less almost half the episodes that we did for macgyver right um but yeah this was not this was not night rider's shining moment Greg, before we before we close and we talk about next week, I, I have a little game. Oh, I, okay. I, I, it's yeah. a new it's a new little game and a new little segment that I want to try and I want to see I want to see how well this works. It's called Who's More Likely. Okay, <laughs> it was a party game that was bought for me for my birthday that I I've been play, I've played a couple times, but I thought it might be fun to do two questions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you, 
and you're going to kind of answer them, and we'll put them out on social media for everyone to answer as well. So the first question is, who is more likely to be the little spoon, Michael or <laughs> Kit? <laughs> Thinking about how hot Kit's tailpipe gets. Well, how do you spoon? How do you spoon a car? <laughs> I mean... Well, isn't technically Michael always the little spoon because he's sitting in the seat? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I mean, Kit could try to be the little spoon. I mean, Michael could Jeez. try to cradle the cradle the roof. I think that they. W- I honestly, I think they would both be jockeying for position constantly. Yeah, but Kit would give in and let Michael be the big spoon. You think so? I, Michael's got to be careful though, because Kit's tailpipe can get really hot. Yeah, um, right. So we don't. We don't. Oh, Michael doesn't need any shin burns. <laughs> no shin burns. <laughs> oh, man, who would who would nurture who? Right. I think. I, I really think it's split. I think it all depends on how what kind of day each of them had, you okay. know, and uh, what they had for lunch, you yep. know, who who uh, who they killed that day. Even though Kit can't kill anybody, sure. Um, so who's who's more likely to be the little spoon? Are you going to go with Michael, or would you let? <sighs> Man, that is hard. I know. I think. I think Michael would be the little spoon because he has to sleep. Kit doesn't have to sleep. Kit, oh, that's a good Kit point. Kit can just be awake and vigilant and watching over him all the time. So Michael would be the little spoon, though he'd try really hard not to be. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, all right. Next question, Greg. You ready? Yes. All right. We got, well, we're going to do two per episode, um, and maybe not every episode either. Who is more likely to go to a party dressed as a wizard or a shaman, Michael or Devin? <laughs> <laughs> a wizard or a shaman? Devin. You think Devin, I think Devin would get a kick out of that. Do you that. think Devin would be really, really good with the with the with the costume parties? I think he would. Do you be. think he's got a flair for the eccentric? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was that was more I was leaning. I'm more of a Michael thing. Knight would just go as his only other character, Burt Reynolds. That's true. That's yeah. true. With the with No. The, but the Norm McDonald version of Burt Reynolds. That's who Michael Knight would go Michael to. Michael Knight would be Turd Ferguson. Yeah, Michael Knight would be would be Norm Burt Reynolds Mc- as Norm McDonald playing Burt Reynolds playing Turd Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's actually that's way accurate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can I can just picture Devin like getting dressed. And it's like, oh, this is wonderful. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. What, would he be more of a wizard or a shaman? I think he'd be more of a shaman. Yeah, I think that's true. Because I don't I think like I think because Devin's wise in wizardry. I just keep thinking of Merlin from MacGyver. That's true. I think, uh, wizardry is a little hokey with our friend Time Winters. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was I was absolutely leaning towards towards Devin on that one. Um, <laughs> guys, I'm gonna put these out on on Instagram probably in the next couple of days. So maybe Monday or Tuesday, I'll put both questions out and we'll see mm-hmm. what the results come out to. But I just thought this was a fun way to close out an episode. I don't know if I'll do it every episode, but I I like I like this. I think this is fun to. It was to adorable. Kind of close out with was, Greg David. You want to know what's coming up next week? I do, yes. Right, so next week, as I said, it's a Devin-centric episode. Um, it is Season 1, Episode 8, No Big Thing. Devin is arrested and ends up sharing a cell with a man who is soon killed, which puts Devin's life in danger as he was the last one to see the man alive. Because Devin killed him. Because they're in the cell together. Devin killed him. Do you Devin. think that's it? Did you just solve the problem? Can we go right to Episode 9? Yep, we can just skip that. <laughs> skip right over it? Yeah. Um... I'm looking forward to that one. I want, I've been saying this for a while, and maybe not on the show, but I want more Devin. So I'm glad that we're going to get like a real Devin centric episode. Yeah. Um, not like the, the Senator episode where he kind of was a centerpiece in that episode, but yep. um, maybe a centerfold. 
uh, if you will. Full spread. But um, but yeah, I- I'm looking forward to this one next week, and so anything to get the taste of uh, uh, Chucky Baby Buggy Bumper Kevin <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> Um, do you think he actually was wearing like underwear under his coveralls, or do you think that they're they're like his overalls? Who, or do, Kevin? Yeah, or do you think he's just freeballing it? I mean, when I wore denim overalls like that, I yeah. freeballed it. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I, absolutely. I'd have to wear the extra large ones because they bunched up. If I pulled them up too high, they're yeah. Be, it's, it's That's bad. risky. It was really bad. That's really risky. But I mean, I guess ventilation's good. It's true. It's true. Guys, you know where you can find us on the interwebs. You can find us on our website, champacline.com, mm. C-I-A-M-P-A-K-L-E-I-N.com. Um, that is kind of a hub for everywhere that you want to find us, but in case you don't feel like going there, um, you can hit us up on Instagram at champacline, Twitter at champacline, Facebook is facebook.com slash champacline. You can email us, let us blow your mind at gmail.com. Call the hotline, guys. We just got two two wonderful messages this week. Mm-hmm. Um, 207-835-1954. Go ahead and leave us a message. If you don't feel like voting on the Instagram poll, give us a call and tell us who you would uh, answer uh, answer these questions on the hotline. I'd lo- so love you know. to hear those. Yeah, and we will play it. Yes, unless, unless-, you, specify spe- unless you specify to us, do not play this message. We will play. We will play your messages, or may play these. How about that? May we, we may play these messages, but yeah, definitely give us a ho- give the hotline a call, and you can answer one of these questions. Um, let us know your thoughts as to um, if Michael or Kit would be the little spoon, or Michael or Devin would uh, go to a party dressed as a wizard or a shaman. Mm. Um, and the other way is um, to give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way for us to be seen and heard by other listeners. So definitely consider. Uh, Dropping us a uh, dropping us a lovely review. We would really appreciate uh, all the exposure that we can get. We'd like to be exposed to people. Exactly. We'd like to expose ourselves. Absolutely. Uh, audit- orally. 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 Uh, orally. To other people. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna wrap this up, guys. Uh, stay tuned after the credits because mm-hmm. we are gonna we are gonna tag the um, the Disney World Adventures of Greg and Christy. Mm-hmm. Um, on there, so so definitely hang around for a few more minutes after this. But for uh, for the Night Rider years, I am your host, Chucky Baby Buggy Bumper Kevin. <laughs> I'm your other host, shaman dressed, cowboy hat wearing Devin. <laughs> ah, yes, I love it. Have a fantastic week, everybody. It is currently 5.30 in the morning, and we are waiting for my mother to pick us up and drive us to the airport to catch our 8 a.m. flight to Disney World. I will do my best on this adventure to record our exploits, Uh, but I have to wake up first. Which is not going to be for another five hours. Okay. The adventure begins. So we're sitting in um, Charlotte, North Carolina right now at the airport. I really don't like airports. They smell funny. They sound funny. They are funny. Say the same thing about you. Mm. 
So we're now on the bus to the resort from the airport. And here getting bombarded by lots of Disney advertising and stuck in traffic. But we made it. So we made it to the room. We are in our room at the Boardwalk Resort. And we have a little balcony, which is ridiculous. I'm going to step outside and here we are. And just, here's the, can you, can you hear the heat? It's 90 degrees right now. And I look ahead and I see Epcot from our balcony. I can see the big, I can see Spaceship Earth. That's what that is. And uh, so I think we're going to be watching fireworks every single night from this balcony. Pretty awesome. So Christy and I are on an adventure to explore the, this uh, hotel. It's about 10.30 at night, and we're going to wander around and try to find the, uh, the pool. And we'll see what happens. I think we'll have a pretty good chance. Well, there are two pools. Going into the elevator. And we're going to ride down the elevator now. Christy, have you found anything yet? see a pool over there. There's a pool over there. We're going to another this elevator. Look at this button. It says, it says pool. Pools. Okay. So after walking through the lobby and wandering around a bit, uh, we just got into another elevator and pushed the pool button. Our elevator doesn't have a pool Fair enough. Looks like we found the pool. They're doing some training or something. Oh no, the pool's closed. They're kicking everyone out. Okay, I'm standing here at the entrance to uh, Magic Kingdom. Christy and I are going to go inside and explore a little bit. Uh, we were here earlier today, but um, we're just back for more fun and excitement and maybe a giant turkey leg. I don't know. We'll see where the evening brings us. Christy's getting her bags checked. I just walked right through the no bag section because I have no bags. So that's what happened. All right. See you on the inside. So now Christy and I have made it into Tomorrowland. What do you think, Christy? Um, it's hot. It is hot. It's the land of tomorrow. It's raining. Maybe we'll ride. It is raining. That explains why everything's wet. Let's get out of the raining. Wow. It landed <laughs> right in my eye. Oh, in your eyeball. Ah. Heading into the Buzz Lightyear adventure. Tiki, 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 tiki. 
French. Flamingo. They're uh, crepuscular, what's a fancy way of saying they're only active in the early morning and early evening, so all day they hide in bushes where you can't get a picture of them. But I found them. Uh -huh. They're beautiful, too. All right, let's head over towards the Safi River and see if we can spot any hippopotamus today. Everybody likes hippos. I have good luck finding them because they're nocturnal. They sleep all day, but they sleep in the river. Because they're so big, they overheat. The water helps keep cool. You know, a male hippo weighs about 5,000 pounds, so they're not too hard to find. Unless the water's really deep or dirty, so keep your eyes on the river. Just remember, stay seated. So, uh, Christy's off to ride Mount Everest, and I am waiting for her because I don't want to ride it. I have to say, this is a pretty fun part of the park. While I'm waiting for Christy, I got myself a beer, and now I am wandering through uh, the base of Expedition Everest. Let's hear the sights and sounds. Well, maybe just hear the sounds. I can't lie, I feel like a complete tool wandering around with this microphone. All by myself with a beer in my hand and a white camera around my neck. Look like a total dweeb, but that's okay. Because nobody cares. It's vacation. Let's hear the sounds of terror. That's a big fat no for me. I was going to say while well, I have a few moments to myself that uh, Animal Kingdom is by far my favorite park. It's just so immersive and, you know, all-encompassing. You can't tell where you are or see outside of the park at any point. Um, it's pretty damn awesome. It's the complete experience. Much like Kit is the is the complete package. I think that uh, Animal Kingdom is the complete uh, vacation park experience. Good stuff all around. So just a quick amendment. Um, Christy got fast passes for Expedition Everest for both of us, but I didn't want to go. So she went, took my wristband, and is now going again. So two expeditions within like 10 minutes. Pretty cool. Thanks, Disney. We're heading into Pandora Land now. This is all new. The movie was terrible, but we've heard really good things about this place, so we're really excited about it. Sounds good so far. I wonder, I mean, the people that love this land and say that it's so beautiful, I wonder what they think of the movie. I think if they're in the same boat as us, oh, the movie was horrible, but it looks good, and the land looks good. But yeah, the movie plot was dumb. We'll find out. We're here now. So, like, first two-second impressions, this place looks pretty damn awesome. You feel like you're in a completely different world to the rest of Animal Kingdom, and you are just in it. You're just, you're just in it. That's all I can say. Awesome. So, Christy, we just ate a whole bunch of bread and cheese at Pandora. How do you feel? Fantastic right now. Don't ask me to walk around, though. Yeah, we'll have to take a nap. We just ate, literally, a, a large pretzel. We ordered two initially, and the guy said, well, they're about the size of a steering wheel. So we said, okay, well, we'll just have one. Steering wheel. 
You didn't I, hear that? I heard him say something. He, I heard him say they're about the size of blah blah blah, blah. and I understood his intent of, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> yes, yes. So if you order a giant pretzel at Pandora, understand that it easily feeds two. And if you have a family of like 10, it'll probably feed like eight kids. So um, <laughs> that's great. And Pandora's fun. Five kids. Four or five kids. Four or five kids, says Christy. So here we are in Disney Springs. Yes. Formerly downtown Disney. Formerly downtown Disney. Where are we headed? Like We're headed this way, apparently. High-end shopping and so on and so forth. It feels different than it was five years ago. Some of us in our party remember when this used to be called Pleasure Island. <laughs> very similar to our, our very familiar Whore Island. Or it's familiar to some, not, not everybody. But here we are, we're going into the Lego store. It's a gigantic store full of nothing but Legos. And we're going to go into it. Wow, there's a giant Hulk and a Woody. This is so cool. This is absolutely ridiculous. There's Lego, everything. It's like a childhood dream come true and I want all of it. Just gonna get a quick sound here. Listen to this. There you have it, loyal listener. A fine example of what can truly be done with podcasting. Hard work, consistent output, and just the right amount of guidance from an enigmatic network overlord. Tune in again next week, to see what timeless gem I dust off for your listening pleasure. Seriously. I need to get someone into this archive room and do some cleaning. It's filthy. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com.